This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. You know, with all the controversy right now about the Chinese telecom giant Huawei, think about this for a moment. If that huge company decided to take its research staff and offices from the United States and move to Canada, how would we or how should we feel about that? Big company, big jobs. Normally, we'd probably go, oh, great. Okay, economic generator. But we are talking about a very controversial company here where the the daughter of the founder is still, you know, waiting extradition to the United States, fighting extradition to the United States. Uh, that's very controversial. And as well, so many questions about their 5G technology and their connections to the Chinese government on that. So what does this mean for Canada? Is this a good thing or should we avoid this possibility? To talk more about this, we're joined now by Christian Luprecht, who is the political science professor at Royal Military College in Queen's University. Christian, thanks for being here. My pleasure. Now, we, we read about this in the Globe and Mail newspaper initially. What did you think when you heard about the possibility that they may move their offices to Canada? I mean, they're in a considerable duress in the United States, and so uh, I guess they feel that uh, uh, perhaps they can't carry out business the way they would like um, it, this is a move that many U.S. companies have made for a couple of reasons. One is that uh, we've built some really interesting clusters in Vancouver. If you think about the AI cluster in Montreal, that or the city of Montreal and the province of Quebec have invested heavily in, and that has attracted some very large U.S. companies to set up, in particular, R&D components here. The other is that um, under the current uh, regime in the U.S., companies are increasingly having difficulty uh, bring high-tech um, uh, talent um, uh, to the United States under work immigration visas. And so it's easier to bring that talent to Canada, and so that's been another incentive. So in that sense, uh, Huawei is not necessarily an outlier in the decision that it's making. It is an outlier uh, in the fact that uh, um, it is a company that has a uh, significant uh, political profile, shall we say. Yeah, so does that put the Canadian government in a bit of a tough spot? So, sure, I mean, as Canadians, I think we need to think about uh, what it is that we want to support. Inherently, uh, Huawei um, will benefit from Canadian taxpayer subsidies, both direct and indirect. It already does so by virtue of some of the university research that it sponsors. It will also be able to benefit from tax credits. Um, and so, as Canadians, we need to think about whether we want to invest our money in a company that uh, the Australian Strategic Policy Institute um, in open source reports has directly linked to human rights abuses, uh, not just in Xinjiang and equipment that has been sold there, uh, both directly to state parties and to third parties by Huawei. Uh, but Huawei is also building out, for instance, networks uh, in some of the uh, um, more problematic authoritarian systems in the world. Think about Zimbabwe, think about Belarus. And while we built the uh, quasi-social credit system in Venezuela, where uh, the ID card system um, was built by Huawei, and that ID card system is required on the one hand for your food stamps, on the other hand, you require that card in order to vote. Uh, And to be able to qualify for food stamps, you have to vote. And uh, so the government uh, is believed to be able to 
track how you voted, for instance. So do we want to support that sort of a company yeah. with taxpayer money? That's what I'm wondering. Like That really sounds to me like a political hot potato. And if they decide to move their offices to Canada, is that forcing the government to finally say how they are going to deal with Huawei? Yeah, it's also a question that the IT, uh, the intellectual property and research and that's being generated through that research and development um, there will be no, it will be very difficult to subject that to export controls uh, if it is essentially basic research and if Huawei is not building, uh, for instance, military-grade equipment uh, that might then fall under uh, our export control provisions. Um, on the other end, you might argue that, well, Huawei, uh, if they're just investing in the mobile phone research and development, mobile phones are so insecure that um, uh, perhaps there they, they, it's par for the course. It's, it doesn't matter which company comes to Canada and, and does research. Uh, whereas if they invest in, uh, in switches um, for the Internet and for mobile phone towers, that those are the components that uh, we're under pressure to ban. So if Huawei then does research and development on these components in Canada, you can bet that we're going to come uh, under immense pressure yeah. uh, from the U.S. Senate Intelligence Committee and other components in the U.S. Uh, so I think Huawei, this is also very much a, a political decision for them as much as a business decision. And is that a test, do you think, then, for Canada? Is Huawei going to say, well, let's see how far the Canadian government is willing to go here? Well, this is so difficult to say, right? Because uh, we don't really understand the ownership structures within Huawei. Many people have tried to uh, investigate those, but they are so opaque that we don't understand what the relationships are and what instructions, to what extent Huawei is making simply um, a well-informed business decision that is in their best business interests and to what extent um, uh, they got a call given their, their, their parallel structure of Communist Party members within the entire um, CEO, uh, senior C-suite hierarchy um, that basically instructed them, look, you're going to, you're going to, on the one hand, have to put more pressure on Canada. On the other hand, offer them some sort of incentive to um, get some movement on the Meng Wanzhou case. And so uh, perhaps if you uh, offer them some R&D benefits, uh, that that might then uh, appease the Canadian government in order to try to intervene in this particular case. And, and again, that makes the company so difficult and controversial. That's what I was thinking. It, it also, once again, puts Canada right in the middle. Like, even this situation between Meng Wanzhou and the United States has put Canada right in the middle. Uh, and it sounds like we will continue to be there at, until, at some point, I guess, the government decides that they're going to figure out which side of the fence they are finally going to be on. Well, Canada is always going to try to be a follower um, on these types of uh, companies. And it's going to be difficult for the government, of course, to come out explicitly and say, look, we don't want this sort of company to do research and development here. Because Huawei would say, well, why do you treat us differently than you treat any other high-tech development company? And, of course, there's also going to be uh, municipalities and provinces that would ostensibly benefit from the jobs and right. investments are going to say, like, look, we, we want that money and uh, um, in, in, in potentially economically difficult times in some parts of the country. Um, so uh, it, it is... It is uh, I, I think certainly this is part of the calculation uh, to try to generate more division um, and uh, and more political controversy um, surrounding right. uh, surrounding Huawei in your favor. Now, Christian, do you think Huawei has been hurt at all by what's been happening in the last couple of years? The debate over using their 5G technology, the situation with the United States and Meng Wanzhou, has that hurt the company at all? 
the company is under immense pressure um, in terms of uh, in terms of global sales. This is particularly why there's so much concern about the potential of um, uh, other five eyes countries, uh, that is to say, the United Kingdom and uh, and Canada, in terms of what their decision on Huawei is. Because if you think about the international security pyramid, you have the United States at the top. You have the other four of the five eyes countries: Canada, the United Kingdom, Australia, and New Zealand. And then you have other allied part, uh, countries, NATO, and partner countries below that. And so, if the five eyes countries all decide they're going to shut out Huawei for uh, security and intelligence reasons and the prospect of Huawei uh, through their technology, the Chinese government being able to throttle, uh, redirect, uh, or otherwise uh, read Canadian data traffic and thus possibly be able to influence both our economy and our political decision making. Um, I think there'll be other, many other countries in the West that will simply say this is, uh, this company is probably just uh, too, uh, um, it, it's too much of a, of a risk. Right. Uh, to have that company build out the switches. So um, and we can see in terms of their sales um, and the size that it contributes in terms of R&D to China and the Chinese economy, given the Chinese economy is already ailing from uh, from terrorists under the, uh, that have been imposed by the Trump administration, this is a big challenge for Huawei. Christian, thank you so much for talking to us about this today. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. That is Christian Luprecht, political science professor at Royal Military College in Queen's University.